I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. As we celebrate Black History Awareness all year long, we are doing so in a 365 type of way. We're recognizing the contributions that's been made, particularly in the film and theater community for Black directors and more. In fact, it took decades for Black directors to break into the industry. And after how Hollywood created and operated behind the scenes and on camera, we have a lot of history to talk about. Directors such as Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, Jordan Peele, and Ryan Coogler are household names that are creating arts and commercially successful projects. Each of these directors helped push and helped to break barriers for new generations of Black filmmakers. And as such, we have a special guest with us today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. We're proud to feature a rising star into this industry, Mr. Jeremiah Davison. He's a director, sound designer, producer, and the president of Multiband Studios of Atlanta, Georgia. He's our special guest today, and he embodies the spirit of legendary filmmakers, playwrights, and producers, and more. Today's show is uniquely called And Action. Please help me welcome Jeremiah to the show. Welcome, Jeremiah. Thank you for having me. Hey, Dr. Tanya, it's good to see you, or good, good to, to talk you. with you. Yeah, both, all of that in between. Um, I am so excited that you're here today. We, You're the first you're the first film director <laughs> on the show. Oh. We're breaking records today. I'm so excited oh. about that. <laughs> Listen, I want our audience to learn more about you, Jeremiah. So tell us who is Jeremiah, uh, where are you from, and how is it where you're from affects the work that you do? Uh, well, I am Jeremiah Davison. Um, I'm from uh, Flint, Michigan, uh, born and raised here, and then I did move uh, during my uh, early teen years to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And from there, uh, I've pursued a career in, act, uh, as you said, directing, uh, producing sound design, and I do some acting on the side every now and then. Um, and then, uh, and, and it's more theatrical for me um, when it comes to these things. Uh, I do, however, have some experience in film, um, and that's the ultimate goal, right? Uh, but right now, it is heavily in the theatrics. Um, and I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just the kid who always had like the ambition, the drive, the determination and, uh, but necessary, but not necessarily the most talented right away. Right. I wasn't the one that was like the superstar, but it was my drive, my ambition and determination that uh, brought me to be, uh, in the room where I have been different rooms and to, uh, push to be where I am today and to be able to lead and uh, also make and help opportunities for others. That is so awesome. I love it. You know, sometimes when we look at major actors uh, and, and all of our, you know, our, our fave, our favorite celebrities, we, we think, oh, they had it so good. But mm -hmm. it's often, you know, those that, like what you're saying, like, I, maybe I've not been the, the most talented, but I had drive. I had determination, you know, and I think that's missing. 
Yes. <laughs> Determination. I, and it, I just want our audience to know, everybody knows that I'm a Flint baby, right? So <laughs> let's make no mistake about it. And so anybody that comes from Flint, they're going to get the Flint, Flint town business. So glad to hear that your hometown was Flint. And now um, you're living in Atlanta. And, and this is really, really great. I want you to tell us about um, your business and how the arts uh, really impact activism in the work that you do. Um, yeah, so uh, our, uh, the business is uh, Multi-Man Studios. Uh, we have a founding team of four members um, and really great people, young. We're all under 30 right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, and our motto is to dream bigger. And wow, so hold on, hold on. All under 30. Come on. All under 30 business owners, entrepreneurs, you're doing it. Okay, I just had to interrupt you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. And our mission is to provide high quality multidisciplinary production services to enterprises and projects, both small and large. Um, we're a generator of limitless opportunities for creatives to explore and master their artistic passions. And ultimately, we're just looking to enlighten and help to develop and expand the next generation of designers and uh, behind the scene artists of color. Um, because we that's how it kind of came about. We were just in these spaces, um, more theater spaces. and. We were like, is, why are we the only people of color on the team? Why are, it's so easy for us to get a job because of that aspect. And they're like, oh, you guys are good and you're black. Oh, we need you to come in because we need more of you behind the table. But we were like, okay, how can we help bring more people? How can we show that uh, all the producers, different uh, people who do sound and at that time sound because we started more audio. Now we have lights um, and moving into film and things of that nature. But we were like, how do we get people more, more people behind the table? So we just to collectively started, kept taking gigs, not turning things down, and sort of uh, just started meeting people in the way. Got, you know, and I always say God just manifests um, and, and puts you in the place you need to be and puts the people who needs to be with you, with you. So that was just a beauty for me. And I think at, through all of that, we now just uh, started our first apprenticeship so of young artists and uh our goal is Hi. to really yeah yeah our goal is to really just continue to flow and and grow and add more and more members um yeah i love it I, you know this is such um it's such a great, great company now. I'm, I'm still stuck at everybody is under 30, um, although I look under 30. But, you know, I, I want to join the team. I, I think that having that, um, that, space where you're also reaching back to help others um, become a part of the industry. I love also that you you just gave us some insight that when there is a void or a vacancy, if you're the only one or there's not enough uh, of, of individuals represented um, that, that you would like to see, go get them. Bring your own. You know, listen, if they don't have chairs at the table, I always say bring your own chair. <laughs> Make room, and, and that's exactly what you're doing. This this had to be because of the influence that you've had in film and arts and theater, lighting. Talk to us a little bit today about some of your biggest influencers from the industry and how that's impacted what you do now. Uh, well, I will have to start by talking about some of my mentors. Uh, the late um, Mrs. Uh, Jennifer Jenkins, she was at uh, one of my professors at Georgia State Perimeter College uh, when I was in junior college and she just passed this past um, year but she really like pushed me to to create and if it was a thing that I wanted to do her and Sally Robinson also a mentor of mine 
Um, they were like, hey, if there's something you want to do, go create it, figure it out. If you're not getting cast, okay, then get some friends together and, you know, create it your own show, your own um, film, you know, find a camera, like figure it out, create a show. And from there, that's when I got to into producing because I was like, hey, I want to create a festival, a 24-hour play festival. And they said, okay, uh, give us the plan and we'll help you execute it. And they did. And it's now on its sixth annual year, seventh annual year, something like that. And exciting. It's beautiful. So it's uh, people like them. Um, also, Jamil Jude from uh, Kenny Leon True Colors Theater. Um, he, he's been a great impact and actually um, one who introduced me to the playwright, Josh Wilder uh, of Rome River. And uh, continued, I, I work with him a lot in Atlanta. And um, just some like stars, stars, right, that I might idolize. Uh, I have John Singleton. I just love the way. John has taken his story, like him and Spike Lee and all of them, they've taken their stories like from their homes and sort of like made them into Hollywood per se, but like they made them into stories that were bigger and showed where they came from. And I think that's something that I always wanted to do and plan to continue to do for Flint. Um, that is dear to my heart. And uh, Will Power Packer, that is someone that I uh, really like. I love seeing what he does uh, with all the HBCUs, um, with the Black community in general. He's like one of the biggest producers right now, biggest grossing producers. And just to hear his story and how he started is very inspirational. And I could go along the lines. It's a lot of other uh, people that, I, of course, you as well. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. stop, while, stop while you're doing good. <laughs> love it. You know, a lot of the names that you mentioned, I don't know. Our audiences may not know. And that's, you know, when we think about mentorship and people that, that influence, it's often those that they don't get the notoriety, but it's because of their time. It's because of them saying, hey, you can do it. Put a plan together. I'll support it. That has produced for us, and we're forever grateful, a Jeremiah Davison. That has produced for us, you know, the next big film director of all time, Jeremiah. <laughs> so I, I'm appreciative of that. Yeah, we can spot up a lot of, you know, celebrity names like I did at the beginning of the show, but to be able to hear who has influenced you and those influences are now causing you to influence others. And I know many, many people are going to start saying, well, Jeremiah is the reason that I'm here, Jeremiah. So I want to read this quote because I think it's going to uh, really cap off what you just talked about. Let me get your opinion about it. It reads this. In any line of work, I believe preparation breeds trust. And in working with Chris and Jeremiah, trust abounds. With the two shows, I've had the pleasure of working with them on not only were their ideas executed and assessed, prepared, they were so open to feedback, suggestions, adjustments, as we move through the process all the way through the opening. Their skill is on point. Their creativity is infectious. Their talent is evident, and they are just plain good people. Looking forward to more collaborations in the future, and this is from uh, an amazing person um, at the Aurora Theater. How does a quote like that make you feel about your work? It, it really makes me just feel awesome. It, it's, it means a lot to know that uh, my work is infectious and it's helping to shape the next wave and generation of a young artist. Um, and first off, Justin Anderson, who made that quote, he's, he's, he is a, a 
continuous supporter and friend of ours, a uh, mentor of mine. I just love his work. He's actually a realtor now, which is cool too. But um, yeah, I, I think for that quote, it just means a lot just knowing that when you're in the room, others are always watching. And I always say you never know who's watching, so always be on your P's and Q's. And it's just cool to see like how, how that, that one show right there has expanded our partnership with that theater. Um, we pretty much now have a lot of their shows, if not most of their shows. And um, yeah, I'll be doing Cinderella, a uh, sound design, Cinderella, the musical there uh, in April. So it's really oh. cool. And they're like, hey, can you bring more of your um, more of your young apprentices? And we, you can train them up here. We have a new facility. We want to partner. So it's beautiful just how one time in the room doing, just being on my P's and Q's and doing what I love sort of correlated and went to the next opportunity. That is amazing. I, you know, when I read that quote, I thought that's got to make someone um, feel very good, that valuable, just those key words on point, being a good, playing just good person, right? That will listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really love that. You know, one of the things that we like to do uh, in this great show, Art, Arts, Artists and Advocates, is play games. And we've got a really great game that we call If. <laughs> You're going to play this game with us, I know, and enjoy it. Uh, so it's time for another game of if. Uh, we love to have fun here. So I am going to say an if statement, Jeremiah, and I want you to respond to the first thing that comes to mind. Ready, set, if. If diversity was a dessert, what would it be for you and why? sweet potato pie. Uh, why? Because yeah. it, it, it's the sweet potato pie made by Granny, okay? And why? Because Granny always puts the, all the love into it, uh, all, the, all the ingredients you need that everybody just needs their own. And it's that, just knowing, I mean, when it ties to diversity, we need to put more love into it. Um, spreading to give more pies to each other freely. Like I know when Thanksgiving comes around, Granny going to make a, a few pies, maybe about five to ten pies for everybody because they walking out here sharing them. So it's that. That's why. I love it. First of all, you had me a sweet potato pie. And, and my listeners know I'm always hungry. <laughs> uh, so you talk about sweet potato pie and instantly. And then you said, but it's Granny's sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is so much love. Yes, different ingredients. Okay, here's the next question on the game called If. If equity was a vehicle, like a plane, a boat, a car, what would it be for you? Mm, it would be a big, a nice big truck, like one of them trucks with the big wheels. Uh, why? Because, and that can carry people. So I don't know exactly what truck that is right now, but it'll be one that can carry people in the back and uh, all throughout and even carry a, a hitch if it needs to. Uh, why? Because... I mean, we need to carry each other through these um, times. We need to be able to, through all seasons, the truck needs to be able to go through snow, rain, uh, sleet, uh, sun, all of that. And through all that, if we continue to carry each other, we'll get through. And that's what it's all about when it comes to equity for me. You are winning on this game called (laughs) If We Need to Carry One Another. Okay, I have one more question. One more question for you on the game called if. If 
Inclusion was a song. What would it sound like or what would the lyrics be? Um, I think it has to be Imagined by Common uh, and PJ. Uh, the lyrics uh, go, I've been dreaming of a paradise somewhere in a little Paris, like where I want to be. I can't sing. Let's, uh, let's travel to the greener side, a lovely place inside my mind. Do you want to see? Imagine the layers. And then he goes on to rap and just the first chunk is like really dope to me. Imagine the layers in the game where we all players. No more stargazing or police car chasing. Imagine life that brings us Lauryn Hill type of singers. Even the righteous schemers still let Christ redeem us. Life is greener on this side. The beauty that we see becoming from inside. Imagine it. And that's wow. all and all. Yeah, it's just like, what if? Like, that's what the song, like, this game is. But what if life was what we, all the perfect things, and it was paradise? That, wow, listen, that right there. Every, yeah. every listener, get your, get your snaps going, because that's when you hear good poetry, you just snap. I don't know if you can hear my snaps, but you just snap. <laughs> I love that. Please, round of applause. Jeremiah, you have won on the game called If. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and we, we, we like to have fun, but we also like to learn because a lot of people get diversity, equity, and inclusion all twisted up. You have given us clear understanding. And if diversity, you know, was a dessert, it would have to be your grandmama's sweet potato pie. If, if, if equity was a vehicle, we need this big, massive truck to make sure we can carry others through all types of weather. And then inclusion, oh my goodness, the song, the comment, listen, yeah, you won, you won and you're winning. <laughs> I want to read a quote for you one more time. This one is by Dr. Hana, Mona Hanna Atisha. I think you know her because she's from Flint, right? Um, and she said this, as a pediatrician privileged to care for our Flint children, I have increasingly come to understand that restorative justice is critical to health and recovery. Now, she gave this quote also had this last piece to say about it. She said, this settlement is one step toward ensuring the people of Flint, especially our children, thrive after the Flint water crisis. Now, I wanted to read that quote and get your reaction because you have a new production coming out called Wrong River. And I want to have our audience have you respond to uh, Dr. Mona's uh, quote. And what does that quote mean to you and the project you're working on now? Uh, yes. Um, oh, man, I, I love her. I just read her book, actually, uh, What the Eyes Don't See. Um, beautiful book. Um, and yeah, so what does this quote mean in terms of this play, Wrong River? Well, we're dealing, first off, th th she's a pediatrician. We're dealing with this uh, story through the eyes of a child, Dela, um, played by Nikaila Boxley from Detroit. Uh, and we get to see sort of like her world and her perspective and how she's fighting to save her family. It's her version. So she kind of has these sort of uh, dream-like moments or we call them magical realism moments where she sort of goes off and it's like she sees her grandma who passed and they go on a journey to twist the cap onto the uh, water tower, which is her way of saying, oh, if I twist the cap on the water tower, I could save everybody, I could save my family from all of this toxicity. And I think for that, you know, that's something that people are hoping within the settlement 
um, that is one step closer, is one step uh, toward ensuring the people of Flint, especially the children, thrive. So it, it, it speaks heavily to, to that quote. It speaks heavily to what's going on right now, but we get to see it in a beautiful way from the perspective of a Black family. Um, and we also get to see sort of how their poverty the sort of toxicity that they were already living in, just being in Flint in a hard neighborhood, um, in one of the neighborhoods that got hit the most uh, on the north side, uh, we get to see how that, how the water being more, uh, was more potent in their toxicity and really, really um, sort of just caused us to go where we're going. Because in the play, everybody's fighting for something, whether it's in the real world or the magical. So, so the play is called Wrong River. Um, and, you know, we mentioned already on the show that we both are from Flint. Uh, we both have uh, survived uh, the Flint mm-hmm. uh, water. I call it tragedy. But tell us why uh, the, the play is called Wrong River. Uh, wrong River. Because it is, it, <laughs> has it ever been right? That's, what, that's, what, that's actually one of the lines of butchering it. But it's basically Granny just says, uh, it's a moment in the play where she's telling the story and she's like, the fit, I'm going to just give you a little, little teaser. The fish, uh, she said, she talks about the, her granddad and how he went fishing one time and then uh, he pulled the fish up and the fish said, oh no, uh, you, it is real bad down there. And she said, what? He said, yeah, it ain't never, it ain't never been good down there, this Flint water. And, and so basically he had to throw him back. That's just me giving you a summary the actor played by madeline porter uh who plays june she will make that story a lot beautiful but more beautiful um but but yeah yeah why do we call it wrong river because it's the it's the river that has never been right i mean we know Lynn and flint that that river has for years been a dump for for the gm um, and the plants and things of that nature so yeah and you switch it and then now you have a whole wrong situation and it's just, everything is wrong about this whole situation. That's why it's called wrong. River. I can't wait to see this. And, and I know that our, our listeners are going to want to travel to Flint <laughs> or from wherever they are Please. Uh, to, to come and see, to see this production. So you've taken um, this play and probably many other works that you've done um, to, to promote advocacy to to this this play is is activism in itself Uh, tell us uh how or why that is important as a film director as a creator as a producer why is activism so important well if we don't do what we do to change and help the next generation to to help change the world and put our sort of uh put our sort of time stamp and um print in the world then why are we doing it? So that's for me, I do arts and, and uh, I do theater, I do film, I do all of this because I love to be able to tell stories, but tell stories of underprivileged, tell stories of those whose voices are not heard or stories in this case of people who are stereotyped and normally not necessarily uh, shown, being able to show, be showed in full layers of 3D, dimension so yeah that's awesome. that's what I do that, that is awesome you know one of the segments that we have here on our artists and advocates is is called getting comfortable with talking about uncomfortable topics and we centered it around race and so we like to ask our guests uh to 
take us to their storytelling time and talk about your earliest recollection of your identity uh, or your racial identity. When did you know? Uh, I learned, um, I really learned, like I see, I grew up in Flint, but when I moved to, and I've always heard and knew, but when I moved to Georgia is when it really hit. Um, Because it was like in Flint, I was around predominantly black people. So when you're in the predominantly black areas and neighborhoods, of course, it's like more of a community, more inclusion in a sense, right? But when you go to another place, you get to see, as soon as you get pulled over, you know, my mom getting pulled over, you get to see how nasty the cops are or, or how nasty the people are. You get to see the looks that you see in the grocery stores just from being there. Um, but yeah, I would say that is it. And then the earliest is definitely when I was a kid. It, I could say, now I'm thinking of it, in Flint, my granny is a very, she was a very uh, light-skinned woman, like almost looked white. And we would be in the stores and we would always get these crazy looks because it's like this white woman with these three black kids. And I never understood why. And she did one day explain to us because I was like, why was she looking at us like that? And she was just like, well, baby, it, I look white and y'all are three black kids. And the world just think they, they still trying to figure it out. And so we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> that is, thank you for sharing that, you know, because sometimes we learn as, 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 um, as, as a, as a writer that you are, we learn from each other's stories. And so what you're doing, um, through your work by sharing wrong river, by, um, providing a platform for others, the, the, um, the, the individuals that are up and coming in this field and giving them an opportunity. These are all great opportunities for us to learn more about each other. And I believe, you know, diversity uh, really starts with one conversation is learning who we are and who we are sharing this world with. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to give our audience an opportunity to hear from you on how they can connect with you. Uh, this amazing play wrong river. Give us how we can stay connected to Jeremiah Davis. Yes. Well, first off, for me, you can uh, always follow me at, on IG, uh, Instagram at Jerry Dave, J E R R Y D A V E. And as far as uh, Multiband Studios, you can follow us at Multiband Studios LLC, and or visit us at multibandstudios.com. Multibandstudios.com. And then for the play. Uh, Wrong River. Uh, it is at the Flint Repertory Theater uh, in Flint, Michigan. And that is downtown across from the Whiting, for those who may know. Um, you can go on flintrep.org. That is flintrep.org and get ticket, see for uh, ticket information there. The show runs February 4th through the 20th. Um, we typically run Thursday through Sundays. Thursday through Saturday, it is at 8 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, we do have a 2 p.m. matinee. So there is no excuse. Come see it. Uh, tickets are about $10 to $25. Uh, if you're a Genesee County resident, you get about a 30% discount. If you bring 10 or more people, you get discounts where everyone is like paying only like 12, $10 to $12. So it's a lot of opportunities and it's not an expensive opportunity and it's a very intimate show. Of, and I'm, I'm just excited to share it with everybody. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, everyone, give a big round of applause to our amazing guest, oh, Jeremiah Davidson. Thank you for being here with us on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Uh, uh, we are so excited that you have been with us today. Uh, Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a pod-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lcc.com. Go ahead and do that today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people in our campus as well as on in, in our community that's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time. Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu slash showinfo. No student in Michigan should face discrimination. Let's teach tolerance to our children early on to provide a foundation of respect and acceptance that will last a lifetime. This is Paula Herbart, president of the Michigan Education Association. Let's encourage children to be accepting of others, regardless of race, gender, religion, or sexual identification. Together, we can create a future where all are welcome. A message from the Michigan Education Association. The University Center at Lansing Community College collaborates with five four-year universities to provide easy transfer pathways for more than 30 bachelor's degrees programs. Visit lcc.edu uc to learn more. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. This is Bob Myers from the Historical Society of Michigan with a Michigan History Moment. At the outbreak of the American Civil War in 1861, the Union refused to put African American men in uniform. Abolitionist leaders, however, argued that such men could help win the war. Frederick Douglass foresaw the powerful impact that wartime service would have on the fight for equality, writing that, Once let the black man get upon his person the brass letters U.S. Let him get an eagle on his button and a musket on his shoulder and bullets in his pocket. There is no power on earth that can deny that he has earned the right to citizenship. President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, issued on January 1, 1863, authorized the general recruitment of African Americans for service in the Union Army. The famous 54th Massachusetts Infantry was the first such regiment, soon followed by regiments from other states. Michigan's first African American regiment, the 1st Michigan Colored Infantry, was formed in February 1863 after an editorial and letter-writing campaign by Henry Barnes, an editor for the Detroit Tribune and Advertiser newspaper. The regiment was organized at Camp Ward, located on a farm in Detroit. 845 men from Detroit, Southern Michigan, and Ontario volunteered for the regiment. Military service for any soldier took great courage. African-American men faced even greater hazards than their Euro-American counterparts. 
Ordinarily, soldiers captured in battle were treated as prisoners of war. The Confederacy threatened African-American soldiers with summary execution or enslavement if they were captured. The regiment mustered in as the 102nd U.S. Colored Troops on February 17, 1864. Like all such Union regiments, African-Americans filled the ranks of its enlisted men and non-commissioned officers. Commissioned officers in the regiment, however, were all Euro-Americans. Even Northerners would not tolerate the issuance of an officer's commission to an African-American soldier. The 102nd Colored Troops lost nearly 10% of its men during campaigns in South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. 11 of its soldiers died of wounds, with another 129 succumbing to disease. Like almost all Civil War regiments, the 102nd lost more men to germs than bullets. At Baldwin, Florida, near Jacksonville, the 102nd routed a force of Confederate cavalry and proved to their officers that they were just as skilled and reliable as any other regiment. After the war, the 102nd served on occupation duty until it mustered out of service on September 30, 1865. The regiment returned to Detroit and disbanded on October 17th. This Michigan History Moment was brought to you by michiganhistorymagazine.org. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College's dual enrollment program offers the opportunity for qualified high school students to earn college credit while working towards their high school diploma. Dual enrollment lets students receive educational advancement in areas where the student's interest is displayed, especially in courses and academic areas not available in the student's high school. To find out more information about dual enrollment, visit lcc.edu. Hi, I'm Demi Lovato. I've always dreamt of using my voice to make a difference. What I didn't expect was that mental illness would get in my way. Living with bipolar disorder, there were so many times that I felt like I was alone. The hardest part was dealing with my bipolar depression. I finally hit rock bottom and decided to get help. Then slowly, things started to change. For me, it takes speaking up, finding the right treatment plan, taking care of myself, and getting back to what I love. After finding the right healthcare professional and opening up to family and friends, I realized that bipolar disorder may be a part of my life, but it isn't who I am. Living well is possible. Even though sometimes it seems like hard work, you're worth it. Visit BeVocalSpeakUp.com to use your voice to make a difference. That's BeVocalSpeakUp.com. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. Students may apply for scholarships November 1st through January 31st. Learn more at lcc.edu slash scholarships. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A. And you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. 
Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome someone that I've only known for a couple of years. She has such a welcoming personality. She works in student affairs, and she has one of the best smiles around. She's a team player and is always willing to extend a helping hand. She's a Michigan native and calls herself an Highlander. That means born and raised in Highland, Michigan. She earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Hospitality and Tourism Management with an emphasis in event planning and a minor in business from Grand Valley State University. She worked at Purdue University where she served as an Assistant Director of Administration and Conferences. She's a fun person and has added so much to our team. Okay, peeps, are you ready to find out Who's today's star? Today's star is Amanda Cho. Welcome her. Welcome, Amanda. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you, Lisa. I don't know you as well as I know some of the other, uh, some of my other past guests. So I'm going to dig down in and get to get to learn some more information about you because I really enjoy being around you. I think that your personality is really like infectious. You are one of the people that when I'm in a staff meeting and I know it's your turn to talk, I get excited because I know immediately I'm going to smile. And I know that you, you, you just have an enthusiasm about your job that I appreciate. And I think that you do a great job at that. So Thank you. Very kind of you to say. So we're first, we're going to start out with, um, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what is important to you in your life now? Yes. So a little bit about myself. I'll keep it a little bit professional, a little personal. All right. We'll, we'll start out that way. <laughs> <laughs> so professional wise, uh, I am a student engagement coordinator here at LCC. Uh, I noticed in your introduction, I love the light the long titles, but uh, student engagement coordinator, anything with admissions. So orientation, recruiting, that's what I'm here at LCC for. Okay. Uh, personal wise, a little bit of who I am is, yes, born and raised in Holland. Uh, right now I'm from the East Lansing area. I live there. Okay. And uh, I put a little bit about myself is who I am right now. And um, I, I feel like I'm still questioning who I am, my identity, getting mm. to know who I am, what irks me, what doesn't. Right. And I'm still learning it in this day and age, which is crazy. Uh, many times I still feel like, you know, as, as you are as a child and you grow up and you become an adult, you're rediscovering yourself. And a lot of what I, I feel I'm going through is things about well-being and my platform. We talk about uh, in our titles and who we are mm -hmm. in our personal life. Uh, a little bit in platform, you know, I, I get to talk and present about LCC and many times I'm challenged now with, well, what does Amanda like? And 
what are my hobbies? Right. And I'm rediscovering it all. So long story straight, my answer is I'm still rediscovering myself. And my main message is it's okay. And I hope listeners feel that vibe as they listen to this. No, I mean, I'm older. I'm not going to say how much older than you, but I'm older. And I, I think that that's an important piece to realize that you're not going to always know everything that you need to know about you, right? That's you discovering. You're always learning and your likes and interests change. So I think that, that you are aware of that makes you ahead of the game because you know that this too shall pass or maybe I will learn more or grow into this role or whatever you choose to do. So I think that's pretty cool. And, and that I liked how you put it, you know, your platform, what does that mean? And so I might start saying that. So if you hear me say that, you know, it came from Amanda Cho. Oh, yes. So how did you get started here at LCC? Yes. So how I even got started was I was a trailing spouse, uh, like you mentioned before, born and raised in Holland, Michigan. Uh, what's funny is it ties into the, my first question of who I am. And many times when I say I'm from Holland, I get, unfortunately, the stereotype of you don't look like you're from Holland. And I'm like, do I have to look a certain way? Mm-hmm. And I Dutch danced. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it comes back to uh, a lot of my good messages in higher education is no matter how you carry yourself, how you work, people look at you and, and they make assumptions on the way you look. Right. So I mentioned identity being important with knowing my background and being comfortable with who I am. Uh, so anywho, I was a trailing spouse. I came back to Michigan mm-hmm. from Purdue and I saw this role opened up. And what's funny is uh, I like to scope things out before I, I become fully immersed right. in it. And um, there was a West Campus uh, career fair that I know we do annually. Yeah. Give or take. I know with the pandemic, uh, right. we may have missed in 2019, uh, 2020, 2021. Excuse yeah, me. it was virtual. Yes. Yeah. And I came in and I saw all the screens at West Campus. I saw the automobiles and I was like, wow, I want to work here. And uh, long story straight, I applied for the role. I was interviewed with a really amazing hiring committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how much names we want to put into the podcast, but I'll keep them anonymous, but they know who they are and they're amazing. And I was astounded, you know, and I was, I got involved and, and luckily funny story. I was throwing away my Indiana license plate, (laughs) saying goodbye to my past life in Indiana, welcoming my home state. And I received the call and the offer that day. And I thought it was a sign. I was like, Michigan is where it's at. So right. That that was a sign. I think (laughs) uh, it let you know it was okay. Come on over here to yeah. LCC because you worked at a four-year institution, right, before I, coming here. I did. I what are some of the differences you see? Oh, my goodness. So many differences. Uh, for one thing, uh, well, to be fair, I lived born and raised in the Midwest my whole life. So I know that Indiana and Michigan are both Midwest school areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for so sure, the sizes, I did feel it, it took a while for me to feel comfortable in a different state. I do really inspire folks to try, you know, moving to a different area. It helps to rediscover who you are when you're in a brand new area. Haven't met many people in the town just yet. And that's what happened to me at Purdue. It was, uh, I got to start from scratch with knowing myself so Mm -hmm. I could find friends, colleagues, you know, partners, uh, partnerships in regards to who I served Mm -hmm. in administration and conferences. Anywho, uh, coming here to LCC and even 
Lansing and the East Lansing area, Okemos, you know, all the surrounding districts around us, I felt at home. Mm. And I joke with my colleagues and I'm like, I sound horrible with, with my experience at Indiana and kind of dogging on the state. But once you find your people, your squad and your home, it's mm-hmm. like I made the right choice. And I'm glad I stepped away uh, to a different state Yeah, to see how I do. You know, and we are glad to because yes. we are glad to have you here. And um, I just think that you make a, you do a good job in that role. But could you talk about a little bit more about you talked about student engagement is pretty much everything admission. Could you go a little bit more into what that means? Like if a student called you, what would that look like? Yes, especially with it being July and I call it August rush. Uh, So many questions have been, uh, how do I even get involved? How do I apply? Who do I talk to? Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of angst coming out of the pandemic and that anxiety in regards to uh, needing extra reassurance. And I've enjoyed what I do in regards to the listening aspect of what I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also uh, utilizing campus partners. Let's say we'll take a hypothetical situation where transfer students, that's another big one, where they're about to get started. I'm from Kettering University and I want to come to LCC, take a couple courses and transfer back after the fall semester. Mm -hmm. How do I get going? And so on my end, you may not see it over the phone or the uh, admissions call or Zoom or WebEx, all the fun platforms that we utilize to connect with students. But I would pull up our website, uh, look at the Get Started. That's my rubric. Uh, No matter how much I know this job, I need to be looking at something. I do too. It just makes you feel comfortable. And then it's identifying, you know, and if we have side conversation in regards to, you know, I'm not doing so well in this university or I love where I'm at. I want to, you know, life happened and I moved to the Lansing area. I want to take advantage of your community college. Those are the conversations I enjoy when it's less, you do this, this, this. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, if the conversation is that and they just want to know, I will give that to them. Right. So it's a lot of listening and identifying the goals and asking the following follow-up question of, did I answer that? And when that, when it gets more comfortable and we're joking or there's more humor Mm -hmm. involved or a quick thank you or gratitude, whether it be from my end or their end, that's what makes that conversation so much more than a phone call. You know? Yeah. (laughs) No, I agree. I joke about it and I'm all like, you know, uh, there are times when we pull up the phone app on our laptops and I feel chained to the desk and I sing the ever famous song, don't let me go, don't let me go. You know, and (laughs) my colleagues are hearing me sing it and I'm like, just let me go. You know, and you do feel, uh, in a sense, your laptop's always stuck to you or your desktop and I'm staring at the screen, I'm checking email. However, when it becomes a conversation and I'm I lose sight of that. And instead I'm having a one-on-one and I'm envisioning that person in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and granted this changes as we come back in person, right? which is exciting. Yeah. We had to adjust yes. to figure out how to keep our spirits up, you know, cause I, you're a people person and I am too. And not having that contact was very difficult. And so I know sometimes people want prescriptive advising or, getting started, not that interaction, but I know it helps the student ease when it's more of an authentic conversation and getting to know. And I think you represent LCC well because you're like that front face. You, Blake, used to be Cassie and Mike, but 
just you and it's you and Blake right now it holding is. it down. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are the are the face of LCC in a way. Like when people when you go to your because you go to schools, don't you? I uh, know, but I have thought about oh, you, yes. Uh, there is a little employee perk with taking courses here at LCC, and I thought about it. I, I was oh, like, no, I meant to go for recruitment. Did oh, you? yes. I, I Yes. So the other part, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I went so much into uh, a situation that uh, there are other areas in my position where the cycle, right, the, the annual cycle. So after we onboard and get students going for the fall, come September, October is recruitment season. Right. And to be fair, we recruit all year long. Uh, what happens is uh, May, June, July is all new student orientation, which you've, mm-hmm. you and your team is amazing. I call Thank advisors you. the cherry on top. I was like, mm, think Thank of us you. as the people to help get you going. And many times I get asked the questions, are you an advisor? And I was like, I wish I was. I'm no. not. But, you know, I can help get you going and get started. And so, yes, to answer a little bit of that, during recruitment season, I do go to high schools. I attend college fairs. Okay. Lots of travel. You'll see me with my little, I call it my stewardess roll on. Right. <laughs> um, many times it like hits the back of my feet and I'm like tripping on it, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. I get my extra steps. So I'm a big step person, like to have my water on me. You've seen it. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's encouraging. Like, when we do that as a community here, I've gotten more physically fit because people are engaged and, oh, well, let's have, let's, how many steps do you have? How many steps do you have? So I like that. I think that that just makes an environment better. So Yes, it's, it's definitely a lot of movement in this role. So many times I say, if I forget to look up, say hello to me. You know, I'll be waving and walking and dragging my role away on the same, same time. Uh, and one of the perks and the joys is saying hello to the friendly faces, which sometimes I lose sight of when I see the mission and I'm like, let's go, let's go to the car, let's stack it, let's travel, you know, let's commute. So yes, I do work with high school counselors, uh, whether it be in our district. Uh, right now we are evaluating our local high schools now post pandemic. So be on the lookout for Blake and I and, you know, who knows, an army of recruitment out and about right. in the near future. So. Yeah, definitely. So you seem like you really enjoy your student engagement coordinator role. What um what do you what keeps you here? Like it's three years in. We're not letting you go nowhere. I got your leg tied up. So but besides that, what keeps you here? Yes. And I wanted I was laughing at this because I was like, if I could ask this question, will I sound like a suck up if I said Lisa. And I'm going to do an example. People like you, Lisa, who are so warm and inviting and we can laugh. What keeps me here is humor, uh, fresh appeal, fun, excitement, that fresh eye perspective we get from students. And I'm going to bring up a little example of, I don't know if you realize, but our last encounter, I had a fun um situation with the student and I think you were seeing me like typing I I refer to the cat gif of like the cats angrily typing on their type Mm -hmm. I'm gonna work with this email I need to do some follow-up I need to make sure that they're all set and I think like when you came in and and you're like Amanda and I looked up and I'm like Huh? And um, it was so warm and so inviting. And you listened to me. And it was a situation where um, our paths got to cross with who we served. Right. And I had the honor to kind of say, listen, it's kind of rough right now. <laughs> There's some confusion going on yeah. with, you know, who I am and what I do and, and finding the right resource for them. And you, you were like, that's wait, they have an appointment with me. And I was like, oh my goodness, when we get to tag team and work as a village, right. that's what keeps me here. And 
I uh, say when it becomes less work and more of a commodity of uh, an allyship of, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's not always best situations here. We, we want to strive for it. Right. And at the same time, where can we be real to be like, ooh, I'm sure in your eyes, you're like, Amanda's kind of suffering here. How, how can I help her? Mm-hmm. And those are the moments where I hope I can, you know, mentor others or vice versa. They can mentor me. You have. Thank you. You have. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you, Amanda. I, th- I do think that's one of the things that is really great about working here at LCC, the relationships that we build with one another and being able to see and support our peers, you know, when they need it. Cause you helped me like with computers. So I'm old. Right. And I came, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need help. And you were able to go pop and do what we needed to do. And I was like, wow, man, thank you. So that was a, that was a great experience. And it's something that, you know, I may not have all the answers, but there's a team around me that has the answers that can help me. And I feel like I'm a part of your team. You're a part of my team. So I think it's really, really, really good. So, yeah, I guess we are having us a love fest where we're just, we <laughs> but no, you know, there's not enough of that. Uh, I was reading the other day, I'm a big podcast listener and I listen to a bunch of your segments uh-huh. as well. And we, sometimes lose track of that and we forget to celebrate ourselves and the fine works we do. Right. And I was like, applause. So I know you have a nice little applause button. I was like, I need that in my life. Like, you know, and it's funny you mentioned technology. I'm laughing on the side. Hopefully you don't hear my, my chuckles in the background. <laughs> uh, but we do laugh with technology and thank you for being such a high praise about that. My team has seen my computer glitch on me. They've seen my webcam not working and they hear me screaming in the back. Why is it not working? You know? Right. And so I try to help the best that I can and try to find the easy button, but it's not always there. And that's what challenges us and toughens our skin up a little bit. Hey. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're there to help me. But we've we've heard about LCC, and I got a couple more questions before we go. I want to know what really lights you up and makes you excited in life. Yes. Well, I am a lifelong learner. I will learn as much as I can and keep learning, and that's what excites me. It's I could think I'm an expert in something, and then life checks me, and it's like, no, you do not know everything, Amanda. (laughs) So uh, in regards to learning what I do in in life, uh, if we want to get into hobbies, I do have a found love for music, adventure, culture, dynamic people. I feel I get blinded with sometimes, you know, I, I have lifelong friends. And at the same time, I've been questioning myself post pandemic of what more room do I have in my life where I can welcome more people and get to know the area more, even though it's been three years since I've lived here. I enjoy food, music, festivals, uh, anything about different cultures. Yeah, I'm a food lover. And uh, um, many times it's those who we work with and those we serve, we're very fortunate where our students don't all look the same. Right. And I try to learn that to my life personal. It's, it's like why, you know, many times I don't like when assumptions are made about me, yet I like to be checked when I make assumptions about people. Right. And that's what I like learning about is you came across as this. It's like, oh, oops, Thank you for checking me. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard to hear. And at the same time, thank you for doing that because it does take some courage to honestly speak right. authentically. It does. Uh, and from the heart lately. So, yeah. All right. Well, here's, I got two more questions. <laughs> the last, my, my second to the last question is, what life lessons have you had to learn the hard way? Yes. Ooh. 
Lessons. I'm thinking plural. I know I'm thinking of one big lesson. My most recent one is as you learn and you grow through life and uh, as we elevate, we lose people along the way. Mm -hmm. And whether it be life loss, which is the saddest of it all, but also a moment of growth and acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, it's also lately allowing myself to be human and not always looking to be a certain way, like, oh, I have to be strong. Oh, I have to always look uh a certain way for LCC mm -hmm. and bury everything. You saw me at one of my vulnerable moments of, oh, it's getting to me and, you know, frantic. And we talk about serving the public and really listening to those we serve. And I feel I'm more challenged towards myself to be like, well, how do I feel today? Mm -hmm. And if it's a rough day, it's okay. Allow myself that release. If I need to cry, I'm not a good crier. That was an ugly cry, but it's okay. <laughs> release it, you know? Right. And um, that quote was actually from uh, one of our new associate deans. So I don't want to give credit to that. Uh, there was one day as well. I've just been so fortunate that you all have, you know, when something's off and as much as a face I put on and try to focus on my work, I really appreciate those genuine connections and uh this person was like oh you're something's off today are you okay and i mentioned that there uh there was a relationship i lost um with a, a long good friend of mine mm. to be fair it's not it's not death not good wood yeah. um because that does happen as we you know grow and, and get older uh it was one of those friends that really you know challenged me and they were like you've become a person that's totally different and they've known me for 10 years. So I'm like, hey, at least like I, I would like to know that I'm different as I get older. I don't mm -hmm. want to be the same person. And it allowed me to connect with other folks kind of going through the same thing with life, with rediscovering ourselves, with admitting the truth of today's a rough day mm -hmm. and that's OK. Give me some time to get through it, you know, and setting out your boundaries. I think that's a good one that I want to showcase to the world of allow yourself time and grace and give kindness and even if you don't on those certain days and you just need to like cry, vent, let it out, focus on self-care practices, I do agree. it. Yeah, I definitely b believe that self-care is so important because you can't help anybody else if you can't help yourself. So. Yes. And so my last question might be <laughs> the most important one. Go green or go blue? Go green. <laughs> <laughs> For all you go blues out there, um, MSU has a near, dear space in my heart. My spouse works there. I've had family members that went there. I'm in the East Lansing area. Yeah. Go Stars as well. That's, That's right. Go Stars, go stars as well. <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda, for coming on Who's That Star today. I'm so glad that our audience got a chance to learn about you and the role of the engagement coordinator. So you please, please, please come back again, okay? Of course. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out for today. I was so glad to have an opportunity to talk with Amanda and come back next week to find out who's that star. You've been listening to Who's That Star. I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out who's that star. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices 
Vibes, and Vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.